Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We want to welcome you to AccessibleWorld.org, to the Book Nook Room. And we want you to listen to a book discussion by the Fantasy Book Discussion Group. The book that they will be discussing for October the 17th, 2010, is entitled Ill Wind, Weather Warden, Book One, by Rachel Kane. And without further ado, uh, I turn this over to our chairman. Oh, there it clicked. Okay, uh, we'd gotten got, kind of gotten sidetracked on on other whether there were other books in the series and and what was available and what was coming up, and we kind of got away from the book. So we we I, I I don't know. We probably need to talk about the book itself a little longer. So that's we are recording now. Summary: Evan liked the book, but he hasn't f- finished read, reading it. But we're supposed to talk about it as if he had because he's going to finish it and I almost quit didn't like the heroine because I didn't like her hard-nosed attitude but I peeked and the ending looked interesting I read it and was glad I did and what did what did um, uh, what else would, was said about liking the book other than we liked it well um, I liked it too I I did like the heroine um, I wasn't sure exactly what was going on in the beginning, and then I then I figured it all out, and and uh, it was good. I'm looking forward to the to the sequels showing up on Bard. I know Evan, you said the uh, the sequels were available uh, on Bookshare, and I haven't I haven't gotten there yet. Um, I haven't downloaded them, but I may I may. Um, but I like the characters. I liked the, um, you know, the the idea of the the mage council, for whatever reason, is not new. But I like the way she handled it, and I like the um, I like the plot uh, because of of you know the troubles that she had because the uh, the guy had had uh, transferred his demon to her and. And um, that was why the 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 council was running after her, and you know it wasn't her fault. She was trying to do her very best, and and she does, she really does. And um, you know it all comes right in the end. But uh, it's it's a good book. It it has lots of action, which I like. Um, it wasn't too wordy, or at least I didn't think it was. Um, I know, Lana, you said that you thought she had done the flashbacks too uh too early in the book. I don't know. I I kind of like the way she did it, but um but that's me. Um any other comments, questions or anything about this particular book? Uh I I misspoke. I didn't mean that the flashbacks were too early in the book. I didn't think they were early enough or maybe she could have spread them out a little bit. I I needed to have somewhere to put my feet when I was reading. I didn't know where I was or what was going on, and that's okay at first to tantalize the reader, but I thought the, the flashback should have been uh, taken care of a little a little better in a, in a way that made things a little clearer. Not immediately, not the first scene, but a little earlier than they were. Oh, and to add to the summary, um, Christina says there are eight books in this series so far and there's another one that may be tangential called a weather warden novel and there's some other book about a gin so uh and nls has is working on the sequels that two of the sequels are in process but they aren't available yet and 
So that's the state of the books as far as... And I don't know how many Bookshare has. They definitely have two more because Christina scanned the second one and validated the third one. But I don't know how many more after that they have. And so that's the state of the availability of the books. I thought the reading was good. Um, at first the voice seemed a little dry or harsh or something. Uh, but it so fit the situation and the character and uh it was just it was just a good job is this a character is this joanne um i don't know i just had this thought as i was reading through it and i could be totally off base and i know i'm not the average guy but is this is she supposed to appeal to guys i mean she's she likes cars and she likes to work on cars but she's all she also seems to be very uh uh turn onable i guess uh, I just the thought just came to me at one point when I was reading. Uh, is, is this she's supposed to appeal to guys? Is there some, you know, is that why she's or is it just uh, is that wrong? That's I think the urban fantasy, uh, super liberated heroine style. Uh, Karen Marie Moaning's character is also a car nut. Um, it's it's a in the I don't know if the Laurel K. Hamilton books are car centered, but that particular style of of heroine is, uh, you know, it's it's very much into the urban fantasy. If you're going to write an urban fantasy, you have to have that kind of heroine. There we go. Um, yeah, that seems to be right. I think um, I've I've noticed a lot of the heroines are sort of like that, and. Um, I think it 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 sort of goes with the 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 books because th- there has to be some kind of violence, so the character has to be a liberated woman, you know, kind of thing, not a shrinking violet. I don't know. I I think you're right, Lana. But I do want to um, in a f- couple of minutes pause and and say what are we doing for next week? Uh did we never did the gathering storm because we were letting people get caught up those who had not yet read up to that point in the Wheel of Time. Since the uh, next one is coming out, of course we don't want to do that for a long time, would it be appropriate to do Gathering Storm uh, for next week? Because I think it did come out on Bard. I think I saw it not too long ago. And uh, has everybody caught up enough to be able to do that? Well, I'm caught up because I um, read it once when it came out on Bookshare, and then I read it again when uh, Bard had it, because I wanted to hear Roy Avers doing it. So I've read it twice, so I won't need to read it this month again. Well, I mean, last time we were talking talking about it, some several of our members hadn't read all that many of the books in the Wheel of Time, and we didn't think it was fair to jump into that far ahead. Does everybody feel caught up enough in that to do that? Or maybe somebody has a different idea of a different book to read. Um Okay, two things before I forget. I don't think you were here, Anne, when I said that the fourth book in the Green Rider series is going to be out in February 1st. Uh, so um, maybe uh, if you want, maybe somebody here can scan it, and uh, if you want to proofread it, or if you want to wait for Bard to get it. I know you said you liked the first three a lot, and I read them, and I liked them a lot. So uh, that's something to think about after uh, the new year. Sounds like a plan, yeah. Um That'd be great. Uh, I I do like the series, and I would like to uh, would like to read the uh, the fourth one. I did proof the um, um, uh, what is it? Something about the king, the third one. I did proof that for Bookshare. So um, yeah, 
that, that'd be good. As far as the gathering storm, I read the Wheel of Time stuff years ago. And I got it sort of mixed up in my mind with the with the sort of truth stuff. <laughs> now I know they're two separate series. Don't don't yell at me, but <laughs> anyway, I think I was reading them sort of at the same time, or sort of in the same, uh, you know, during the same years, and they they kind of they kind of run together for me. Um, but. If you guys want to do the the gathering storm, that's fine. Um, I don't have any other suggestions at the moment. Um, I did download something from Bookshare called um, uh, the Rowan. Something about the Rowan, um, and it's a it's a Harry Potter spinoff or something. I haven't read it yet. I've started it, but I haven't finished it. Um, other than that, I've been reading science fiction. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Well, I've been reading a couple of mysteries too along the way, but mostly science fiction. So, um, what if if that's your pleasure, we can certainly do that for November. Um, what would you guys like to do? Um. You decide. Uh, I thought I had mentioned that I saw Warbreaker by uh, Brandon Sanderson, interestingly enough. Um, just came out on Bard last week, but I think uh, some of you have read that, haven't you, Christina? You've probably you've read it, haven't you? I haven't yet, though. I read Warbreaker. Um, it was okay. I, I think my problem with that was um, I read his Mistborn trilogy, and that was awesome. And to me, Warbreaker didn't compare to that. Um, but that's because I really, really, really loved that, the Mistborn books. Um, it's still a decent read. It's very long, like all of his stuff is really, really long. But, um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, the characters are good. Um, in response to the Next Wheel of Time book, I've actually read all but the latest one. Um, so I'm caught up, but I'm not sure if everybody else is. I mean, the people that aren't here, um... If they weren't caught up, if they hadn't read the series as of last month, my guess is they're probably not all caught up now. Um, but I guess we could always send an email out, um, maybe with The Gathering Storm and maybe one other book, and then let people pick. That way, if they haven't read The Wheel of Time, we can pick the other one, because um, that's, that's a lot to read right away, if they haven't started the series as of last month. Yeah, it's only a few hundred hours. And uh, on in Bard, I'm sure I'm exaggerating. Actually, you know, I'm probably not. There are 12 books, and most of them are more than 20 hours apiece, and some of them are over 30. Actually, the Wheel of Time, uh, Gathering, the Gathering Storm is 34 hours on Bard, so it's a really, really huge book. I wanted to read the first book in the Malazan series at some point, uh, called Gardens of the Moon, and I know some people seem to be kind of receptive to that, and nobody's read it. At least I don't think they have. So. Um, I'm interested in that, but if people want to go with The Gathering Storm, that'd be great. Um, that'll give me a month off because I'm going to read The Towers of Midnight as soon as I possibly can. Uh, so that'll be taking up a lot of time. And I also agreed to rescan a book for the Science Fiction Club that needs a, a redone. And that's a pretty long book, too. So, um, But uh, if people want to go with the Gardens of the Moon or if they want to go with something else, that's fine. We can talk about it on the mailing list and decide. I'm cool with doing um, Gardens of the Moon if uh, everyone, if 
people haven't uh, caught up on the Wheel of Time. That's pretty long, too, actually. It's 28 hours and something, but it's shorter than The Gathering Storm, though it's longer than Warbreaker. So it's about halfway between the two. But So it's it's pretty long, too. I actually just got uh, The Way of Kings, which is the beginning of Brandon Sanderson's own epic cycle that's supposed to be 10 books long, and that one is 46 hours long. So... Lots of long books ahead. Is that on Audible or Bard? It's on Audible and it's on Bookshare. I don't remember seeing it on Bard, um, but it actually just became available on Bookshare, I think, a couple of days ago. And there was something by Sanderson on Bard. I don't remember it was on the new books list, this past list, not yesterday, if they got a new one yesterday, the one that came on Monday. Uh, first, I want to apologize to Anne. I didn't respond to her when she was saying that she got the, because I, somehow I wasn't getting anything. I had to click out and click back in again, but um, you don't need to, if, if you're not on, just for the record, you don't need to apologize for getting Sword of Truth and Wheel of Time mixed up, because they are very similar in a lot of ways. And as far as getting, having read it, Sword of Truth, or a Wheel of Time a long time ago, and getting confused, we who've read it are confused already. I mean, it's a very confusing book. So if you are the least bit familiar with the characters in the setting, I, I think you can pick up on Wheel of Time pretty quickly if you've, if you've read them even a while ago. I think she left. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're thinking of Warbreaker. I mentioned that. I guess you, I guess you were out. Uh, that's uh, the new Sanderson book on Bard is called Warbreaker, and um, Christina was mentioning that she didn't like it quite as much as the Mistborn series, perhaps just because she was dazzled, and the uh, Warbreaker just wasn't quite up to it. Yeah, I was out. For some reason, I couldn't hear anybody, and my control key didn't beep, and I just went out and came back in again, so I missed the Warbreaker conversation. Yeah, it was, it was good. It just, I'm really spoiled now after reading uh, the Mistborn stuff. Well, we can ask on the list then and see how if people want to read The Gathering Storm. I thought it was fabulous. I'm going to rave. You know, if we read it next month, I'm going to rave about it um, because I just think that it was really great. And uh, so, but, um, you know, if people don't want to read that, there we have some other choices here that we can try and maybe some people will come up with some other suggestions. My husband read it and he, he loved it too, Evan. Um, he said that the... The characters made made more sense when Sanderson wrote them. Like he actually explained some of their crazy behaviors, which would be nice. I thought the characters were a little more believable, a little more likable, and it it pulled some things together. Actually, resolved a couple issues, or at least got them some progress instead of just jumping from character to character. The book itself made a lot more sense than the others. Yeah, things really happened in this book. Things happened. You know, there's some of these Wheel of Time books where almost nothing happens. You know, I've read some of them twice, and I think I can think of a few, one or two things that actually happened in, like, 20 hours of reading or something. It was incredible, especially some of the later ones, like books 9 and 10. I don't know. It's just nothing happened. I mean, it's incredible how much how many pages you can pile up and not really have anything happen. But Jordan somehow managed to do it. That's why I say if you've read them even a long time ago, you won't really find yourself missing much by picking up The Gathering Storm if you have some concept of the world and the concerns. And if you know, if you've read enough to know he sort of uh, got, sort of got rid of the taint on the source, uh, that's kind of an important thing to know. But really, everything else is kind of... Um, if if you if you if you're familiar, you'll pick up you'll pick up on it pretty quickly. 
I just read it with the premise that I'm going to be confused because even when I read them in order, there are so many characters and some of them have really similar names and the women, a lot of them are really similar in personality so I can't really keep them all separate. But I can usually, you know, keep track of, of them enough to get what's going on, like with the really minor characters and their squabbling. And the main ones are obviously easier to keep track of. You'll find that the some of the women in this particular book have actually have hearts. They actually have a, a softer side to them, as well as, I mean, you've got to be hard to survive and, and battle weary and so on, but, but some of them actually, I don't know, they're just more civilized. That's cool, because that was pretty much my biggest gripe with uh, the Robert Jordan books, was other women seem to be crazy. Oh, there were some really moving scenes in there. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm just going to say one word, Viren, that was so... That was just wonderful, and it was so in character for her. Now, I'm sure you remember Lana. That was just one of the best scenes in the book, among some other really good scenes. That was a shocker, and I will simply add the word glad to it. Um, I, I, can't, I can't give it away without saying, but I was glad when I read about her. She's the uh, brown sister, right? The scholarly one. That's right. She was the one that had. A, she had a strong role in um, the Great Hunt, and then she kind of faded out and disappeared. You know, she'd pop in and out a little bit, but in the earlier books, she had a much stronger role, and then she kind of faded out for a while. But she's very interesting. Okay, is anyone there? Yep, I'm still here. I'm wondering whether. Tom's going to pull the white jewel out of the fire and rescue Moraine in this next book. Well, I don't know if you saw this, and I don't know, it might take me a long time to find the link again, but Jamie Yates sent a uh, some links to the list some while ago that were, had to do with Brandon Sanderson, and one of them was a in an interview he did in front of some meeting or other where he talks about the next book. And he doesn't give too much away, but he mentions just, you know, as a tantalizing, that there are many characters that weren't really dealt with in The Gathering Storm that are going to be seen in the next book, including, you know, Mazram Taim, the black, you know, the um, the leader of the Black Tower, and Loyal, the Ogier, and and uh, some others that we haven't seen, Pot and Fane, and so... Um, I just can't wait. That would be great. Maureen is one of my favorite characters. Well, she and Tom, actually. I like both of them a lot. Um, Loyal. That'll be, or Loyal, or however that's pronounced. That'll be neat to see him again. The Pulling the jewel out of the fire. I don't know. Who who was it? Somebody saw a vision of him pulling a white jewel out of the fire. And we know that Moraine always wore a white jewel, and that's where I made the connection. And, and I wondered at the time if that vision had something, but I don't remember the context of that. And it was such a buried-in-the-book thing that maybe I'm remembering something wrong. I don't remember that, but it's, it's been a while since I read them, too. So. Well, um, in uh, some of his books, uh, the Thomas Covenant books, Stephen Donaldson had this One Is Gone Before uh, story synopsis of what happened in the previous X number of books, depending on which book you were in. I was thinking, you know, if Brandon Sanderson or somebody did that with The Wheel of Time, it would be as long as the book was itself, probably. Thank God for Wikipedia. You can just look up most of the stuff if you have to, if you're reading it and get confused. And there are, um, is it dragonmount.com or dragonmount.org? There's a site that used to have, and I don't know if they're all there, 
uh, but it had most of summaries of most of the books, and they were pretty decent. They weren't all equal of equal quality because they weren't all written by the same person. But they used to have summaries of what happened in each book because even even people who are real big fans need need help sometimes. Good to know. Thanks. I'll have to check that out. Help. You need a diagram system. I always used to say that of the Amber series, and after I read the first set I didn't read any more but he should have issued a deck of those cards with the books to help you keep track of the characters because it got so confusing and uh, the um, Wheel of Time books are kind of the same way you need some sort of chart to, to graph everyone out so you can keep track of them or make an index card for each character or something I liked the first five Amber books and I read the second five, and I didn't like them as much. So when I think about Amber, I tend not to think of the second five. I just think of the first five and kind of forget about the second five. I'll go along with that. I haven't read them yet, but they are definitely on my list. People keep telling me I need to read them. Very short. Um, by most fantasy novels today, they're extremely short. I mean, all five of the first Amber books could probably fit in one uh, Wheel of Time book or one uh, sort of truth book or one of Tad Williams' books. Okay. This is just us here. Um, have any of you guys read the Otter Harrington series by David Weber? I haven't read that yet, but I'm curious to see if you have and what you thought about it. No, I haven't read it. It didn't sound really very interesting. Um, but Anne has read it. She loves it. Uh, some other people have read it. They really like it. I, I'm, I, I look for certain things in science fiction and... Uh, it just didn't sound very interesting, so I haven't bothered uh, to read it. But um, well, you might like it. I don't know. But um, Anne, as I said, Anne loved it, and some other people on the science fiction club list really like it. I don't know what it was I didn't like about it. It didn't. It didn't catch me. It was too. Maybe it was too um, remote. The, the telling of the story was too remote. Uh, or maybe if I'd started in the beginning, because I got them in the order that, you know, they sent me out of order in the talking books. But I just kind of watched the characters perform, and it just kind of, okay, fine. Okay, well, I'll try the first one and let you guys know what I think. That's funny, because I really like the, uh, I haven't read the third Bozell trilogy, I'm stretching them out, but the, you know, we read that Bozell book last winter sometime, and I, I like that. So I don't know why I don't, uh, I just couldn't get into the Alner Harrington stuff. Well, it's supposed to be science fiction, um, but, uh, and what I've read of it, it just, it's pretty generic science fiction. It's, you know, military and, you know, there's, you know, the technology, it's, it's pretty standard traditional type military there's a woman the main character is a woman even though her name's honor um and um i don't know i just there are certain things as i said about science fiction you know a certain sense of wonder and you know i like i like some more exotic settings or you know space opera and stuff like that i'm not really interested in somebody's you know adventures in the military or whatever but uh you know a lot of people do like them as i said in his fantasy i have liked that I, I like the uh, Bazell trilogy, what I've read of it. I'm in the second book now. Maybe that was it. Uh, I don't know 
the, the lack of a sense of wonder in it. Uh, now, I don't necessarily like exotic for exotic shape. I want something that that's familiar enough I can at least know where I am. And maybe it's, and I have griped about some fantasy books this way too. He takes everything for granted. You just, I mean, it's just there. And, and other than that, it's just an ordinary story about politics and and. Uh, Power, people going in power and power struggles for leadership, and and you just kind of okay. There's got to be in sci-fi or fantasy a balance between new things, you know, the, like the specific to the world or worlds, and things that the reader can relate to. And that's actually um, a problem that I'm having with the Way of Kings, at least like the, the little bit of it that I have read, is because there's so many new things, new people, new customs, new countries, new. Sent, you know, like um, denominations for money, like everything is new and has its own name, and it's kind of hard to keep track of only because it's all coming at you all at once. You can have even fairly conventional worlds and yet present them in a way because the reader doesn't know what kind of world they're coming into, and you can just by describing a little bit of the settings or where they go and what they do. You could make even a kind of, you know, seen it before science fiction world. Okay, it's a futuristic city, but what sort of futuristic city is it? Or, or what is the ship? Uh, you know, what is the interior of the ship like? Or, or I don't know. There's, there's just something that when they presume everything and they presume you know it all and have seen it all, and they just sort of take it out as if it were next door. It loses something. Well, as I mentioned to somebody else at the science fiction club the other day who was talking about how, you know, the idea in this book, she'd seen it before somewhere, at, you know, in a story, and I was saying, well, you know, it's not it's not always as much about coming up with a new idea, it's, you know, what you do with it, because there are only so many ideas out there, you know, there are only so many stories, um, and, you know, it really is up to the author to really do something with it. And even a fabulously splendid idea, you know, in the wrong hands is just going to be a dud. And, you know, a perfectly ordinary setting and um, a pretty standard story can turn into something really marvelous in the right hands. Well, getting back to our story, The Weather Warden, I mean, it was a perfectly ordinary here-and-now setting with the cities and the cars and the roads and stuff like that. But you've got a whole different concept of weather. I mean, we've all been in, in weather. <laughs> you know, we've all heard thunderstorms and... and um, uh, those of us who have ever had vision have seen flashes of lightning or or imagined lightning seeing seen it represented uh, in in cut out you know in, in artistic ways or or um, you know you hear thunder and wow you know um, and so this it took you know a mundane setting and did a lot of neat things with it and it was nice too because that was really the only difference they had the earth wardens, the fire wardens, and the weather wardens with their gin helpers. But other than that, it was regular modern world. The, you know, it wasn't completely infused with magic or magical creatures, which I also like those kinds of books too, but this one was easier to follow in that way because the rest of the setting was pretty predictable. And you never really knew how much other people knew. I, the, the urban fantasies that are, that are fully populated with vampires and werewolves and dragons in today's setting and everybody knows they're around uh, you kind of kind of, it, I have a, a much harder time believing in that 
then I believe, and you do have to, when you read it, you have to believe in it. Uh, there, there is a, if you have a world where other people don't really know these things are going on, and yet they're very vivid to the characters it's happening to, it adds a, a thread of suspense to the story or something that doesn't just, we assume dragons, you know, it's not like that. Uh, this club has broadened my horizons a little bit, though, because when I used to read fantasy, I always wanted a complete, distinct separation between the modern world and the world of the fantasy. Even Middle-earth, you know, I know that it's really the ancient world that we live in, but it's easy to forget that while you're reading, you know, The Lord of the Rings. But, um, you know, we read, the, we read uh, a, one of the Dresden File books, and we've read this one and so you know some of these can be pretty good i'm still not sure i'm ready to read terry brooks's you know transition from the modern world to um shannara yet but um because i really really liked the later shannara books where the world was much more like a traditional fantasy world but um but some of these urban fantasies aren't bad actually i'm kind of you know i'm more open to reading them than i used to be the um Shinara books, the what is that first one of those of those three transitional, the Elves of Centra and the the uh, oh the names are all getting away from me the um, oh whatever but the first one uh, where the the guys traveling across the country um, it it really is a different world you know now the the ones before that there's a series of three and. I shocked somebody by telling them that the world turned into this this second world uh, is is kind of today's world and and all these magical things happening and nobody realizing what they are. But the this the second three uh, I should remember names of books better uh, are, are it really is a, a totally foreign landscape even though it's here and now I mean it's not here it's not now it's here but it's a totally different world than than today's world. I think maybe it makes it harder because he uses all these, he puts these made-up names in his titles, which, I don't know, I think sometimes it makes it harder for me to remember them. The Morph? The Genesis? No, the, um, oh, whatever that guy's name was. But you can read those those three, uh, the Gypsy Morph. Gypsy, yeah, Gypsy Morph. Um, you can read those three without having read the, read the first three, and if you read those three, uh, like I say, you're in a totally different world than, than the here and now world. Uh, so if you have a trouble, a little bit of problem with for urban fantasy or, or small town fantasy, uh, you start with those three. You can read them without reading the earlier ones, and they, they will hold up pretty much on their own. It helps to have read the others, but you don't have to. I actually really liked um, the Night of the Word trilogy. Um, I, think the, I don't remember. I know one of them is called the Night of the Word, and I don't remember the other two. Um, the ones about Nest Freemark, I think her name was. Um, and I'd read some of the other Shannara ones, and I didn't realize that they were supposed to be connected until I read the synopses of this most recent trilogy. Um, I actually stopped reading Terry Brooks' books a while ago. I think I read, like, some where they were on this trip to this island, and they had all these mishaps and misadventures, and it just seemed like one long combat adventure, so I stopped reading them after that. Um, is that where they went in the air balloon and stuff? Yeah, yeah, there were there were three of them, and again, they had the weird titles like you were talking about, so you can't really remember them, but they ended up going to this island, and then some of them got stuck in these caves, or were being chased by this huge monster, and 
there were air balloon problems, and everyone got split up, and uh, I, I don't even really Terry Brooks in our series does have a tendency to turn into a monster hunt or what a monster of the monster of the week, and you know what are you running from this time? I, I like his Magic Kingdom books, at least the first two or three I liked really well. That was a kind of a lighter, um, a, a little bit of a lighter tone without being a farcical fantasy. It was you could take it seriously as a fantasy, but it had a little lighter feel to it. Yeah, that was the um, voyage of the Jerry Shannara, the one Ilza Witch, Morgar, and I forget what the last book was called. Um, that's uh, That was terrible. And I'm spoiling it here because I think you guys have read it, or if you haven't, you're not going to read it. I, I don't think uh, Walker Bow died. Oh man, I thought that was. I wish he hadn't done that. Yeah, he was pretty cool. Well, doesn't he? It's been so long ago since I've read him, but the Sword of Shannara and the Elf Stones. Doesn't he do a lot of killing off in the Elf Stones? A lot of killing off in all, <laughs> and pretty much all of his books that I've read. Um, I think at least a third to a half to more than that, I think, and the Elf Queen ended up dying. Yeah, but the main characters, the brothers, the family characters always seem to survive. Um, the the Olmsfords and their relatives seem to survive. Um, he usually brings in red shirts um, for that, I think. I may be misremembering. It's been many years since I've read The Elf King and uh, the... Um, some of the others. Isn't Walker married? I thought he married some woman named Maddie or Natty, or am I thinking of someone else in that group that married her? I think that. Well, I think that was the um, the friend, the the guy from the Highlands. That isn't the, the used to be Prince of the Highlands or whatever, and he was in love with this with the um, the woman who was created by the River River King, who who had to die, be absorbed by the land in the Elf Queen, and then he was all upset because he'd lost her, and then he... Isn't that who he ended up with? Yeah, that was um, Leah. I forget his first name. They all sound the same. One's Morgan and one's Minion, and I don't know, there may be others I'm forgetting, but yeah, he was the one that married that woman. Maddie Rowe, I think her name was. His, na his names are... Terry Brooks' nomenclature, he doesn't work hard on it, and, and just in my feeling, you know. I, just, I mean, there are certain things I like about his books, but he doesn't work much on his nomenclature, it seems. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Morgan, Leah, and Maddie Grow. Thanks. I hate forgetting names. And it did sort of feel like she was thrown in at the last minute. I mean, I like romantic happy endings, but it did look... She just sort of turned up in that last book, and it was just kind of... She looked. She felt thrown in. Yeah, she definitely... I don't remember her being in the first couple books. Well, shall we... Are we about... To, we haven't decided whether we're doing... Uh, gathering Storm or Gardens of the Moon, are we just going to put an email out, let people vote, or how are we going to do that for next time? Sounds good. Letting people vote, excuse me, I mean, between the two of them. Yeah, I think so, because if we just put the Gathering Storm out there and enough people don't want to read it because they don't feel like they're ready or they haven't caught up or anything, then, you know, it just people won't come, and then, you know, then they won't come the next time, and, you know, it's, it, it's easy to lose people sometimes. So, uh, Probably let let people vote, and if any if people have any other suggestions, but we should start. We should make a decision soon because they're both long, and uh, unless we decide to do something, unless somebody comes up with a suggestion for a much shorter book, those take those are going to be long. But uh, yeah, I guess we can put it out to the list and uh, see what people think. Something else I actually wanted to suggest. Um, 
Instead of a computer um, type meeting, there are free teleconferencing um, options available. I was wondering what you guys would think of that. Um, only because Skype, we can all talk at once, but it never works right for everyone. There are other um, ways we can do, you know, like net meeting things, but they're more complicated. And this one is reliable, but only one person can talk at once, which is nice because we're not interrupting each other. But it, it seems too calm to me almost. It doesn't feel as much like a discussion. I mean, it does when there are a couple of us here like now, but if there's, you know, five, six, seven of us, it's going to take a while for everyone to be heard. Well, I'd be open to it. I liked Skype when we were using it. I had a little, little bit of trouble with it, though. I think I solved it because um, I, I didn't know how to operate it as well as I should have, but it wasn't giving me any software trouble. I was just having operating problems, but some other people were, but I liked it when we were using it. It was it was a much more natural type of conversation. So um, I'd be interested in looking at it. Because the ones um, I'm part of another book club, um, and basically it's it would depend on if people have free long distance or not. I think, but you call a specific phone number and you enter in a code, and it dings when new people come on. But you know everyone can talk, uh, and it, there's no host, so. If one person clicks off, it doesn't affect everybody else, and there's no computer issues that even need to enter into that. Are you saying it's straight on the phone rather than through the computer? And and the other thing is, I, Evan said he likes Skype. We really fell apart on Skype. I remember we were we had a meeting, we had a couple of meetings when we used to, when this group used to be on Skype, and it we just had no end of trouble with it. And the one I'm talking about is is only phones. There's no computers involved. Um, unless you, you know, call via your computer, but it's just uh, using the telephone, which again, if, you know, people don't have long distance, it's not going to work, but hopefully, um, since we do it on the weekend, there'll be some, you know, it'll be cheaper, it'll be free uh, with cell phones or most plans. That sounds interesting. Does any... Um, but I could, I could, I would use the phone thing. Okay, well, I'll suggest that idea... Um, I guess I'll suggest it to Julia. I feel kind of bad because Baba Baba Costa's on the list. Um, you know, if we if we choose another medium, but I think this will be better for everyone because you know we can all speak more naturally, as as you guys put it. All right, I'm going to hit the recording button here, so I'm going to stop the recording. Um, we're uh, we're ending the meeting now officially, and. Uh, I'll send this up to Bob. I got to set up a Dropbox account actually before I can send this up to him. I've got the Science Fiction Club meeting and this one to send to him, so I better get busy on that. I haven't done it before, so it's going to be all new. Hey Evan, actually, um, if you're going to do Dropbox, I can send you a link uh, because if I refer people, both the person I refer and me or I, I guess, get um, extra space, like extra. I think it's 250 GB or MB or. One of those bytes. I can't remember which denomination it is. It's megabyte. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, it would be really neat if it was 250 gigabytes. But um, Scott Lawler um, already sent me one of those links because I have to set up one because uh, he lost some of his archives, which I have here, and I'm going to send him some of the shows that he did. So I don't think I need a separate. I uh, do. I need separate accounts for Bob's files and. Um, other files, or can I just put them all on one account? You're fine. You can um, put them all on one account. Uh, you can share files publicly, 
Um, or you can create folders and invite, uh, you know, one or multiple people to share them. So um, you can use either option. Okay. Well, I'm going to hit the recording here since we're um, we're off topic. But um, yeah, thanks a lot. Um, also, oh, never mind. I'll talk to you about that. I'll send you an email.